We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. If you've listened to the podcast and or been married for any length of time, you may have heard the old kind of thing about how sometimes wives or moms feel like they have three children, including their husband. Uh, That was definitely me, uh, especially when my kids were younger. Now that my girls are older, I will sometimes joke that I feel like I have three wives. And one thing I know for sure is I want all three of them to feel empowered. Um, And today we're talking to Laura Doyle, um, who wrote a book called The Empowered Wife. I have fun because I have to say Laura Doyle or Laura Heck throughout the podcast. A little bit uh, later in the podcast, the internet gods kick me off. And uh, the two Lauras talk on their own. You and I will be finding out in real time what I missed. Uh, but other than that, it's a very cool conversation. Stick around. Okay, Laura Doyle, we're here to talk to you because you sent us a copy of the book called The Empowered Wife. Um, but I want to ask you a question first because I want to know if uh, if we're safe. You you wrote a book called First Kill All the Marriage Counselors. And uh, is that, am I, am, are we in jeopardy here today? Because we are marriage, marriage therapists. <laughs> right. I mean, well, as long as you're impervious to like poison darts or um, mentors, then you should be uh, dementors. Yeah. Everything should be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a lively fine. conversation. Tell me actually, about the, what is, what is that? What is that for you? I didn't, I actually didn't read that book, so I'm not sure what you mean, but, but let's, let's hear what you got. So first kill all the marriage counselors is the original name of the book that I sent you, the empowered okay. wife. And I just thought it was a funny joke. I thought it was hilarious. Right. And, um, yeah. but my target audience did not find it as amusing as I did, except for in Australia, they loved it. So <laughs> somehow I had a nerve there. So we, uh, my publisher actually agreed that we would change the name and we did. And the sales so I book, did read that book. More than doubled. You did read the book. Yeah. Oh, so did I. That's so great. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. It's clever. I dig it. And I, I think it's, I think it's an interesting concept. I, where did, why did you gravitate toward that notion in the first place? Of killing the marriage counselors? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm fixated on it a little bit. I mean, why wouldn't I be? <laughs> you look like a pleasant enough lady, but. It comes from when I started by ruining my own marriage, right? I met my husband, thought he was amazing. Mm. And then like seven, eight, nine years later, we were just totally in the ditch. And uh, we spent about a year in marriage counseling ourselves. And we spent about $9,000 on marriage counseling. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I remember being on the counselor's gray couch when I thought, wow, this is, this is, it's hopeless. I'm either going to have mm-hmm. to get divorced because he's never going to change uh, or I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life in a loveless marriage. Mm-hmm. Those were my options. And, and that's after we'd spent all that time in marriage counseling. And I thought, well, it must just be us, mostly him, really, is yeah. the problem. Because <laughs> I had dragged him to marriage counseling thinking like the counselor can fix him and then I will finally be happy because that's right. how it works. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it didn't work. Uh, it never works that way. And um, so I, I made that decision right there. Like, I'm going to I'm going to have to get divorced. But the problem was I was too embarrassed to get divorced. Because yeah. people went to the wedding just not that many years before. So I decided as a last ditch effort, I was going to ask women who had been married for what seemed like an eternity, which is 15 years, mm-hmm. what their secrets were. And I thought they were going to say, well, you got to pick the right guy. To yeah. start with. But they didn't they didn't say that. They sort said the compatibility myth, maybe. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, right. I, I, and that's what I was thinking. Like, we're just incompatible. Like he showed no interest in he didn't want to talk to me. He just wanted to watch reruns he didn't even want to make love to me so it was really lonely it was very painful we did a mm. lot of big fights big blow-ups especially in the car and so there, our house was either like wall-to-wall hostility or else uh, we were having a cold war mm-hmm. uh, where there's no talking right for days and it's just tense and stiff and err and uh, so I started asking these women for their secrets and they said things that were crazy that didn't make any sense to me and I remember thinking, well, I'll just try them. I'll, I, if it works, great. If not, I'm going to just, I'll throw it out. And so I did. I started experimenting with some of their nutty ideas. And mm-hmm. it was not that long afterwards that I came through the door and my husband's face lit up. Huh. He was happy to see me again. Yeah. And that had been gone. So I, wanna, I, I want you to talk about that, that but working. let me just see if I can get the math straight a little bit. So you got married and then about nine years later, uh, it wasn't what you signed up for. So you went to therapy. That was not a helpful experience to you. Um, no. For some reason, we don't know anything about that therapist, but somehow you left right. feeling uh, less helped kind of than you hoped. Then we, you decided yeah. to ask people who'd been married forever. That's 15 years. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Wow. So I think I'm at 23, maybe 24. I think I do 24 this year. Um, and you're what now? You're 31. Does 31, does 15 still feel like forever for you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, um, it feels like nothing. Cause uh, yeah, cause now I have the relationship I dreamed I would have when I stood at the yeah. altar and said, I do, you know, he's, he's, um, we have a lot of fun together. We laugh. He makes bedroom eyes at me again. And I'll just be walking down the hall and he'll just kind of grab me by the waist and give me a kiss and. That's so cool. now, yeah, if, Laura, this you're, is my are soft you place yet? to land now. What? Laura Heck, are you at 15 years yet? Yeah, yeah. So you're an expert now. I'm an expert. I'm 11 11 years married, 15 years, 16 years together. Okay, wait, Laura Doyle, I have to say last names all the time. I want to hear one more thing before we go in. Um, What do you think was, why did you say, especially in the car? What was unique about the car that you guys (laughs) had? We were just stuck in the car together i think i mean it was like we couldn't escape right there was no re- relief valve to get off the you know get out of the car when you're on the freeway yeah. we were in fact we were on our way to disneyland the happiest place on earth yeah <laughs> when he said fine we'll go to marriage counseling and i was like i'm gonna let him have the last word on this one mm-hmm. uh so i don't know i'm not sure why the car but yeah. it was interesting because i remember once i learned some of these things, like what to do differently that mm-hmm. the, like that I learned that, Oh, I have a lot more power in my marriage. And I actually realized 
little yeah. more influence. I thought, okay, good. Now we'll stop fighting because now I know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like not that long afterwards that we had another big blow up in the car. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's really uh, like Dementor style hope crushing because I thought that wasn't going to happen anymore because I knew what to do. But I couldn't, I just could, couldn't always get myself to do what I knew to do. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing is not enough, right? So that's when I decided I'm going to recruit some friends and I'm going to make them do this with me. So I'll stop controlling my husband. I'll start controlling my friends. And that worked. There you me. go. Yeah. So I did yeah. learn though. I learned uh, in elementary school from GI Joe that knowing is half the battle. Did you know this? You know, no, no but I G. learned from G.I. Joe. Now I know. <laughs> knowing is half the battle. No. I mean, I feel like you can just learn everything you need to from like G.I. Joe and like Spider-Man, right? With great power comes Talking great about Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah, oh, you are speaking that language right, right now. That was such a big insight for my marriage. Like yeah. I have kind of a responsibility to, I feel like I do now, to, to practice the skills that contribute to intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like women, since we are the keepers of the relationship, right? Women run the game. And we have that responsibility because we have enormous power uh, to uh, like, you know, that that adage, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Right. Or, or yeah. happy wife, happy life. Right. Uh, that that's on us. That's on us. I had a client once they this woman was married to a, a guy named Gus. And the phrase in their house was happy Gus, happy us. <laughs> it, was, it was the opposite. So Laura, what do you mean by keepers? Women are the keepers of the relationship. Well, you know, comparative religious uh, study student gave me this metaphor years ago, and I just love it. He's talking about, um, so yin and yang, right? So you could say, you know, masculine, feminine, yin and yang, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, every object has yin and yang. And like a coffee cup, for example, the ceramic part is the, the yang, the part that gives it structure you know, like the handle and whatever. And he said, the yin is the part where it can receive coffee. And if you think about a coffee cup that can't receive coffee, it doesn't have any purpose. And so as women, um, we are built to receive, that's like our bodies, you know, it's a metaphor for, right, for the the way the relationship, uh, you know, let's say the yin and the yang, and of course, there's there's always exceptions to things, right? But this is uh, something that I see as pretty universal um, now that I've worked with students from all over the planet and Japan and Egypt and everywhere else. Uh, we see that this is like the thing that something that we have in common is uh, as a woman, I want to feel adored. I want to feel special. I want to feel taken care of. And um, And my husband really has a burning desire to make me happy as long as I'm pleasable, right? So if I stop this system where I'm like, no, no more coffee, right? In the coffee cup, like he loses his purpose. So, and it can manifest in ways like, like um, my husband used to say like, oh, you know, we'd wake up in the morning. He'd go, oh, you're so beautiful. And I'd be like, no, stop it. Like my hair's dirty and it's, I'm, a, I'm not even wearing makeup, whatever. Like I would turn it down. Right. So very poor receiving. And, you know, he's, he's losing out on the opportunity to, to make me feel good. Right. He wants to give me a compliment and I'm not willing to receive. So I'm kind of stopping that positive flow. And it's so compliments is one example, but it's, it's everything. It's, um, it's, uh, it's receiving help. It's receiving gifts, mm-hmm. right? Oh no, you shouldn't have, or, you know, flowers just are expensive and they die or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't need them. Or, right. They, we, 
and a special treatment, right? Let me go get the car. It's raining, right? That if I'm not willing to receive, then he doesn't, he didn't, we don't, I interrupt the virtuous cycle of him knowing he made his wife happy and me feeling special, desired and taken care of. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I, I did, but I didn't, uh, I didn't, I wasn't successful, but it's like also um, receiving an apology, right? Like I'll say often enough, like there's an art to delivering a comp- compliment. There's also an art to receiving one. And I think that's spot on in terms of what you're, if you're tapping into that, like I'll speak as a man for a second. If, if I give you a compliment or I give my wife a compliment and she goes, no, 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 no. It's not too long before I stop giving them to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And that's maybe what you mean by the virtuous cycle, I guess. Yes. Because yeah, I... it, it reinforces itself in both directions. Right. Both that's toward exactly the positive right. and the negative. Yeah. That's exactly right. And you didn't, you didn't get, I mean, when you think about giving a gift to somebody too, right? Like you think, oh, they're going to love this, you know, and you, you're excited to give it to them. And if they give it to, if you give it to them and they go, oh no, you, you know, you didn't have to get me this or whatever. It's, that's not as gratifying as if they go, how did you know? I, this is exactly, you know, I'm going to use this. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even just, you know, thank you for thinking of me, right? There's a whole world of ways you can receive um, a gift, even if it's not exactly what you imagined it should be, right? Which, mm-hmm. which I think can happen pretty frequently in marriage, right? I, I've had, I remember I had one student who was like, yeah, my husband bought me a Swiss army knife. And I was like, well, what? you know, for Valentine's day or something. Right. And she was like, well, better than a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Right. It's better than a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it was interesting. She said that uh, at first she, she wasn't as excited about it, but she said after a while, it became like her, her favorite thing. She mm-hmm. actually used it a lot. And uh, she was, you know, it was just kind of a lesson in how if you, you want the perfect gift, you could just go to Amazon and buy it. Right. But if mm-hmm. you, uh, marriage is about expanding your horizons and just having someone see a different side of you and maybe uh, offering something they think will contribute to you that you didn't see for yourself. Yeah. You know, Zach and I are huge fans of getting support, especially during abnormally stressful times like these. This is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor. But with the ability to communicate when and how you want. The matching process is quick but thorough, and you have the ability to communicate with your therapist how you like it, whether it be messaging, over the phone, or video conferencing. I know that in person therapy sessions aren't feasible right now, and a lot of therapists are booked out, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you're supporting marriage therapy. Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register. Try T-R-Y better B-E-T-T-E-R help. H-E-L-P dot com forward slash MTR to register with BetterHelp. I have a question for you, Laura, because um, we were just, we recorded a podcast right before this and I, I have been reading your book. And so obviously like I have things I want to talk and tease out. And now that I have you, it's like such a pleasure to have the author be able to explain something in the book where I was like, wait, what does she mean by this? What does this mean? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. 
We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I told Zach, I, I generally will have these intentions that I ask my clients to focus on for the next week or two. And it's all about how they can control their part of the relationship. What is it that you have control over? Which is ultimately what I think you're giving women is this empowerment of feeling less hopeless and more hopeful that they have um, things that they have control over in how it impacts their relationship and how their partner will respond to them. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of my grasp which aligns a lot with sort of my thought as a couples therapist is I'm doing individual therapy simultaneously. Your focus is on this. Your focus is on this. When you can focus on yourself and what you're bringing to the table, the relationship will get exponentially better. So the question that I had for you is around this idea of requesting and making a request so open-ended that your partner can um, sort of show up for your desires, how they want to. So I kind of feel like we have these close-ended questions where we're very specific about, here's what I need. Here's how I want you to do it. And it becomes almost like a demand. Mm -hmm. And you talk about making your desires known to your partner, but then also kind of like stepping back and allowing them to Oh, what's the language? I wrote it down because I took a lot of express your desires in a in way, a that, way inspires. that inspires. Yes, so okay. much more effective. Right. So, t- can you explain that to our listeners of what sure. that? Means? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, one of the main things I was doing wrong in life was um, I didn't know how to do this, and I thought that in order to avoid conflict, you should just kind of suck it up sometimes and like do what your partner wants. You know, so that I mean, that's a problem, but. Yeah, I remember there's an embarrassing story about being in Hawaii and going to see a volcano and then like losing my mind because I'm like, you didn't even ask what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to the beach and do you think this would be perfect? I don't think this is fun. I think it's stupid. You know, so it's like <laughs> you saw a volcano, all right? You know, but um, and it's because poor, you know, younger version of myself just didn't know how to express what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then it came out too, like I would say like, uh, and I thought I was saying what I wanted. I'd say, uh, John, this kitchen is a disaster. And I thought he was going to like turn off the TV, jump off the couch and like start cleaning the kitchen. And yeah, that didn't happen. So <laughs> that didn't, that didn't yeah, that's not the way to get me to clean the kitchen. No, right. It doesn't, <laughs> he didn't even know what I wanted. I thought I was saying what I wanted, but I totally right? wasn't saying it. So he um, probably just could hear John, you know, blah, 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 or whatever. I think men can't even, I think maybe no <laughs> one can hear you when you're complaining, right? I was just complaining. So <laughs> So finally, I learned that because he really does want to make me happy, and that was kind of hard to believe at first, too, um, that if I would just say the final outcome of what I wanted, like the guy would bust himself trying to get it for me. So um, so finally, one day I said, you know, I would love a clean kitchen. And the kitchen was in the same condition as when I was saying it was a disaster, right? I would love a clean kitchen. He goes, okay, he goes, I'll clean it. And he did. And then that was 20 years ago, and he's been doing it ever since. So something really shifted. 
Yeah, I never do the dishes. Like honestly, okay. I have a question for you because I've tried this and um, I have a a real problem. (laughs) Like I can already see my resistance. So I say to my husband, I would just really love a clean kitchen and um, full like clothing that would fold itself and, and end up, you know, put away. And my husband's response to that is great. Let's hire someone. It, let's uh, let's hire somebody to come in and, and clean the kitchen. And this has been his response really early on in our life when we really could not rub two pennies together. Right. And so I, I didn't see that as even a possibility. So what do you do when the solution that your husband comes up with is something that is still uh, something you're not really willing to yield on? Well, I, I love that question because I think there are a lot of pitfalls to this expressing your desires, right? And I think a lot of women try and think, well, it's not working. For, I don't think he cares because he's not like, he's not doing what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, or yours where it's like, yeah, that's not going to work, buddy, because we are broke, right? I don't know if you've seen it. So, um, so, and we were broke at first too. So I remember those days and how hard it was and how stressful, especially I felt like I was doing everything, all the cleaning and he was doing nothing yeah. and that was yeah. a big source of conflict. So, um, so a couple of things. So one is um, at that time in my marriage, I was also controlling all the money because I thought, well, there's no way he's going to do it right. Like this is a lot of juggling here, people. And you got to like use coupons and right. And so it's actually a big relief for me, but very scary to just, give it, give that up and just be like, you know what? I, I, this is too stressful. It's causing me a lot of stress and uh, I can't, I can't really handle our finances anymore. So how about, you know, if you do it and he started doing it and things got a lot better for us. It was really interesting Mm -hmm. because then his suggestions about spending money, like he was where the rubber met the road. Like he got Mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, we, we can't afford a house cleaner. So we can't do that. So I'll do it. Or, or he's, or he would like figure out a way that we could afford the house cleaner. And it wasn't on me. I was just like still uh, expressing those desires, but there's another thing too. And that is like, sometimes I will express a desire and my husband will come up with a solution and it's still not quite what I want. And that just means it's incumbent on me to figure out what is the next part of that desire. Like if my husband Mm -hmm. said, Hey, let's hire someone to um, come in and do the dishes, I might be like, yeah, well, I, I really love, I would love to have a clean kitchen every day. And I, (laughs) and I also really love our privacy where it's just the two of us here every day. Right. So I'm still Mm -hmm. saying what I want, not complaining, Mm -hmm. but I'm just giving him more information. So like the puzzle gets a little more in focus for him to solve. Um, And it's just kind of amazing how, when I stick to that, instead of saying, we can't afford that. Right. Or like, you know, you're being unrealistic. Like I used to say, you know, kind of harsh criticism coming back. Like the man is, he is also empowered. He has also changed because he sees a possibility where he has, he really can solve these problems and and make his wife happy. Mm. Yeah. Huh. Zach, uh, thoughts, questions. Well, I have a couple. I'm, uh, my brain is attached to something you said a little bit earlier as it does. One of the, I, don't, I wouldn't call that a problem, but uh, resistances that I had when reading through your book and is this idea that sometimes you'll tap into about all women or all men. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you said something a little bit earlier that made me go, hmm, wait, how does that happen? And it's, and it's fascinating to me in this way, which is you have uh, clients, I guess, all over the planet, including Egypt. In Egypt, are you talking to Egyptian women and are you learning about something unique about specific, I don't know, cultures or individuals that 
that maybe deviates from the or or reinforces even the norm because I, I I will automatically reject the notion of all right yeah, I just because as of a therapist course. I don't talk to all women I talk to no. that woman and that man absolutely uh, so yeah. tell me a little bit about what yeah. what that is or how to make yeah. sense of that or embrace funny, that I, I remember actually I got an email from Egypt many years ago probably. 20 years ago. And she said, um, gosh, I got, you know, I got your book. It ended up being, my first book was published in 19 languages in 30 countries. And um, wow. she said, and her exact comment was, we thought only Egyptian men were like this. Mm. Uh, so she was amazed to find out like that, you know, an American woman was writing in a way that just seemed so uh, to resonate with her experience. Mm. And, um, and then I, you know, I, like my Japanese the Japanese woman would say the same. So one of our jokes is like, gosh, we all married the same man, you know? <laughs> and, um, and it, I, I mean, it's like, you know, if it's, it's a small world after all starts playing, it's because I do think there's, um, there's a lot we have in common in terms of, um, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, like the mama bear gene, right? Like uh, women, um, you know, as the one who bear, there's the children mm -hmm. uh, and we get very protective of kids and we kind of, um, you know, it's very common for women to want their husbands to not be so harsh with the kids. Right. Or to, uh, or to help them discipline the kids. Right. One or the other. So, I mean, the same challenges seem to come up again and again. And of course, every woman's got a different story uh, and every, every husband's got a different story. And, and everyone does not fit into these nice little boxes, right? When I'm saying all men and all women, yeah. of course, we're excluding people. And that's not the intention. The intention, though, is to say um, there are some so many things that seem to be universal. Like, um, you know, I talk about the power of the spouse fulfilling prophecy, for example. And this spouse is spouse fulfilling prophecy. Okay. Right. Right. Um, so a spouse fulfilling prophet, we all have them and sometimes they're unwitting and other times you're more uh, thoughtful about them more uh, direct. So for example, I had uh, uh, been saying early in my marriage, one of my complaints was my husband uh, needed to be more ambitious. He was not making enough money. And so I would say, I would say things like, maybe you could ask for a raise or how about if you try to get a promotion or a better job or whatever. And what he heard, of course, was you don't make enough money. And mm -hmm. I'm such a powerful manifester that my husband stopped making any money. This is just how, Look at how I, powerful you are. Right. And not just He's me, but powerful. all of us. But right. Yeah, I'm so powerful. So he quit his job and I was seething with resentment because now I was the only person making money in our family. And uh, so around that time, I heard I had learned from Lee Miltier about the power of auto suggestions. She talks about, you know, how you'd say like, I have a successful business or I, I completed a marathon or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. You say these things to yourself. And she told the story of this woman who walked away from Lee's workshop, realizing she'd been auto suggesting to her husband that he always loses his temper because that's what, mm. that was her experience, right? So she decided to change it up. She goes home, she waits for him to lose his temper. She didn't have to wait very long. And um, then she says her new thing, the thing she came up with was, it's not like you to lose your temper. And he just kind of looks at her funny, like, <laughs> what, what is going on? And the 12 year old son says, yes, it is, mom. He <laughs> always loses his temper. That's <laughs> what he was used to. And so, but she kept this up for a while. And because um, she felt like she had nothing to lose. And they were at a, a restaurant uh, a little while later. And 
the service was pretty slow and the husband was like starting to fume. He's like, you know what? I'm going to call the manager over here. We've, I want to tell him how long we've been waiting because this is ridiculous. And he stopped himself and he looks at her. And he goes, you know what? It's not like me to lose my temper, is it? She just nearly fell on the floor. I love that story. Right. And so, yeah. and so I heard this, that I heard this from Lee Miltier and I thought I'm going to use this. So I decided mm-hmm. to start saying to my husband, you've always been a good provider. You've always been a good provider. And then just for fun, I thought, I'm going to start calling him Mr. Moneybags too. <laughs> so um, he'd like get a check in the mail. I go, Hey, Mr. Moneybags, you can take me out for sushi now or whatever. So, mm-hmm. uh, so around that time, my husband started his own business for the first time and he was more successful in that business than he'd been at any of his previous jobs. And it just felt so easy. Like it's true. He's such a good provider like that. My experience completely changed mm-hmm. as I changed my words and then also changed my focus right? What you focus on increases. Right. And I start gathering evidence like, oh, he is a good provider. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, he's a good provider. Yeah. So I love that. I, um, so you have six intimacy skills that you outline in your book, The Empowered Wife. And I am kind of wondering, just as I found myself sort of struggling with one where I'm like, oh, this one's going to be particularly difficult for me. I can feel it. I'm going to need to really lean into this. Do you find that one of these intimacy skills is more difficult for women to practice than others? Well, speaking for myself, Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think there's two. That wait, wait, Laura, heck, do you, when you said that just now, is there one that you're thinking of like a specific one of this? I, I already mentioned it's the respect one. I have a, I have trouble sort of. Was I not listening? Respect. Did you already, did you already say that? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sometimes I these two, like, just so you know, Laura, we are not married. Um, we're not brother and we sister. We are married. So it just seems not to each other. Not to each other. That's so true. It seems like we're brother and sister. Cause there's a quite the, um, relationship dynamic between the two. I, I like, yeah, the antagonism. It's, yeah, uh-huh. no, it's kind of fun. I can no, actually it. cool. I'm glad that you said that because I'm in, I have a question about the respect one too. So let's, let's go, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the one I struggle with, but I am wondering from Laura's perspective, what she finds most women are really kind of um, having a tough time with. Well, yeah, we could certainly definitely say respect is, is a tough one to get started with because I think, uh, you know, I just know for me, like I, you know, I knew my opinion counted. I'm educated. I was feminine. You know, I am a feminist, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what that means anymore, but yeah. And so um, I think there's this mindset that we're raised with that it's like actually of service to your husband to be like the devil's advocate when he says something for you to go, well, have you thought about this? Or don't you think, you know, you should consider this first or like, you know, like my husband would say, Hey, I'm, I don't know if I should take the car in now to get those brakes looked at, or maybe wait till next week. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, they're brakes. Like, you know, obviously you should, you should do that now. Obviously, obviously, right. Uh-huh. Dumbass. Exactly. Right. So it's just like, so I just had this uh, kind of a superiority complex. Like I'm somehow smarter than my husband and I just need to like show him how to make a resume and you know, how mm-hmm. to load the dishwasher the right way. And Oh, well, that is a necessity. I, I have learned that, right, Zach? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so we've got to do all these things to teach our husband. And what I didn't realize, I had no idea. And Zach, you can back me up on this or not. But <laughs> helpful in wife language seems to be like critical and disrespectful in husband language. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? 
Oh, I feel like he's frozen. I think he, he oh, he's agree. frozen. <laughs> That's awful. Well, he's nice. smiling, but he, I don't know if he agrees. I'm going to take that as he agrees. Okay, oh, now he'd be left entirely. So. I know. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm sure he'll be back in a minute. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, so the thing that I thought was interesting is that this superiority complex actually uh, made me into a porcupine wife where my uh, husband just didn't really want to be around me. Like he didn't, I wasn't this fun to snuggle with or, or, you know, and I wasn't laughing because I was like telling him what to do. Yeah. So, um, so it wasn't until, and I, and I think if you were to ask me at the time, I'd be like, yeah, I am respectful except for the way he dresses and the way he drives. And, you know, like, the, right. I didn't really have a concept. I, I knew right. I should be respectful, yeah. but I, and I also thought of it as something I thought respect is like something you give to authority figures, like um, parents, teachers, boss, you have right. to be. So it's like, respect is like a, you suck it up and just be obedient kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, gosh, it's been so eye-opening uh, and so empowering to find yes. out that's not what respect looks like for men. Res- respect for that. My husband is um, that I uh, expect the best from him, right? That I'm not saying, oh, be careful. Like his mom, like his smother mother, right? Or, smother mother. Love yeah, it. yeah. And, and, you know, men are just not sexually attracted to their mothers. So when I was mm-hmm. showing up that way, that was like another kind mm-hmm. of a downer for the marriage. Yeah. Uh, or another thing I can do to just be incredibly respectful. This is one of the cheat phrases. We have like 20 cheat phrases. Oh, please tell me. This is no, no, no. no. It's going oh. for another one. I mean, that's oh, I love that too, one too. Yeah. The other one is like, just to like, if my husband wants to talk about work and he's like, just, you know, talking about somebody at work or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I think he's got the wrong attitude about that one or whatever. Uh I don't have to weigh in. I could just be respectful Uh by being a good listener by using this phrase. And I'm like, if you're listening, write this down. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And I didn't agree. I didn't disagree. I didn't contradict. I didn't undermine. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying I'm bearing witness. What you Uh say is important to me. You know, and he's my beloved. So it's his voice, his thoughts, his ideas, and he's sharing them with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has led to the return of the deep conversations, right? Yeah. And, uh, the playfulness, the laughter, the, the uh, thinking about our future, making plans, making, um, having dreams. Yeah, I hear you. I loved that. And I kind of uh, sort of alluded to one of my favorite phrases. I was just looking in the book because I took a bunch of notes. And I think it's the question of, uh, what do you think about that? Is that was was that the question? Um, I think you might. Uh, so there's a, a cheap another cheap phrase that I used to kind of because uh, I had taught my husband that I thought he should check with me before he made any big decisions like starting a business or getting a cell phone plan or I don't know, getting dressed. Hey, Zach is back. I came back. Uh-huh. Yeah. He froze in the most beautiful <laughs> like did it's like you planned it yeah kind of it was just right there yeah okay go on go on Laura yeah so so I had trained him to like always check with me you know before you get dressed or whatever so um so to undo that training I uh I use that phrase whatever you think whatever you think that's what it was and um 
you know, I have one of my students, Kathy uh, Murray, tells this fantastic story about how she, they'd been sleeping in separate bedrooms for six months. She was on the brink of divorce in her second marriage. Mm-hmm. And she got a hold of the book and this phrase. And uh, she thought, I'm, you know, well, I got to lose. Like my marriage is, you know, in a ditch here. So I'm going to experiment with that. And her husband came in and said, hey, what should I do? Uh, we got to pick a new cell phone plan. You know, what do you want me to do? And so she said, oh, whatever you think. And she was thinking, mm-hmm. like, oh, I hope he doesn't screw it up. Yeah. And um, and he was looked at her kind of funny, like, no, you, you got to tell You have me. an opinion, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, like, uh-huh. I don't want to get in trouble later. So why don't you just tell me now what, right. you, what I'm supposed to do? And she goes, no, you know, whatever you think, I trust you. She added, I trust you. Wow. So he goes off and takes care of the cell phone plan by himself. He does fine, right? She married mm-hmm. a smart man. He's capable. Mm-hmm. He's confident. Mm-hmm. And um, that night he just, he came over to her and said, you are so nice today. And so like tears just ran down her cheeks and they ended up sleeping in the same bed that very night. Yeah. And she still gets tears in her eyes to this day when she tells that story, because it was the beginning of her realizing like, oh, I have something to do with this breakdown in my marriage and uh, there's something I can change. And she, and she just also talks about how tragic it would have been to divorce this guy who's the love of her life. Mm-hmm. I love that. Gosh, I think that's probably another area that I definitely struggle in. So Zach and I are both um, Gottman trained certified therapists oh, yeah. and teach for the Institute. And and so there's this element that sort of goes into that, which is this element of yielding. And we find that um, yielding is this like lack of desire to say whatever you think. It's I always have an opinion. It's my way or the highway. And so I'm finding that there it, this is definitely a skill. I think if men were, were to ever read this book, they would go, oh, my gosh, I could do all the same things. And this would apply to my marriage, because I think ultimately it's really about taking responsibility for what you have control <coughs> Um, in your relationship, what do you have control in um, that can impact how your partner is responding to you? I mean, accountability yeah. is just huge, isn't it? Yeah, like that is. And I feel like it's something we're not very well trained in. Like there was no relationships 101 at my school or no. was it yours? Right. And no. my parents are divorced. So I was following mm-hmm. this failed recipe and it was just such a relief to find out that having a great relationship the kind that you dream about when you're a kid mm-hmm. is a matter of learning certain skills. It's not yeah. like, oh, you have to just be lucky. It has to be the right person that you're compatible with or whatever. It's it's like driving a car or making an omelet. Like if somebody mm-hmm. shows you, it's so much easier to navigate. Uh, and, and, and that's true no matter how hopeless your relationship seems. There's mm-hmm. just a few things that nobody ever showed you about how to um, make it magical again, how to, how to make it playful and intimate and passionate. Yeah. Well, I, we use this phrase at the end when we get to our time that I think it's time to land the plane, but I do want to give our listeners a way to reach out to you, learn more about you. This is not the only book you've written. You've written other books. So what's a good way for people to find you find your, well, I think we're going to have the book available on our website so people can find it, but what's a good way for people to reach out and learn more about you? You know, I actually have something really fun going on right now, which is Uh um, I made an adored wife roadmap that just sort of summarizes the steps, all the skills that you need. And it also talks about the three mistakes that just about everybody's making 
in trying to get their husband's time and attention and affection. Mm -hmm. And you can download that for free at lauradoyle.org. It's the Adored Wife Roadmap at lauradoyle.org. Yeah, I actually, when I was doing some research, I downloaded the roadmap to take a look at and read through. So that was very fun to get just, you know, PDF right in my inbox, which is awesome. Uh, thank you so much for all of your time and joining us and helping our helping me <laughs> filter through some of the things I was reading. Um, Zach, any questions, comments, audio? No, I'm sorry, I dropped out there for a second. I don't know what happened, but um, I'll look forward to hearing what I missed when I go back yeah. and to do my own podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you can add your opinion because I I totally asked it for it. Right? You did, yeah. you did. We'll have to do like a voiceover and insert Zach yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll do it at the intro. Hey, at about minute twenty five, she says this, and this is what I think about that. <laughs> that's a, that's a great cliffhanger. I love it. So. Yeah, draw your own conclusions. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Laura, Laura, for joining for us. Uh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Thank you to our guest, Laura Doyle, talking to us about her book, The Empowered Wife. And I also wanted to let you know that she has her own podcast. So if you're looking for more opportunities to grow your relationship or grow as a wife in your relationship, check out The Empowered Wife podcast with Laura Doyle. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.